Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today, you will hear a sermon from Pastor Jeff Abiera. So without further ado, here he is. Let's go into the message now, and if you're a Christ follower, please repeat after me and say, I am a child of God, I am loved by God, and I am the light of the world. Amen, amen. The other day, I was taking care of my son, Jeremiah. He's three years old, and we had a busy, a fun day, and it was so fun that I lost track of time. And I didn't realize that it, we went way past lunchtime. So then I, I realized, I look at the clock, and then I look at my son, and I ask him, hey, are you hungry? Do you want to eat something? And this is what he says. He says, I want noodles, noodles. It's his favorite food, um, udon noodles. So I was like, okay, little noodle boy, let's go make some noodles. So I make it. Actually, I didn't make it. Um, I reheated it because my wife made it. It was real good. And I start feeding him, and he's going crazy. He finishes the first bowl, right? And he doesn't say more, but he says mo. So he goes, mo, please. I was like, my noodle boy, hungry. And then second bowl, mo, please. Third bowl, mo, please. World record, four bowls. And he was satisfied. I bring that story up as I open up the message today because... There has been a consistent prayer for our, from our staff, from our pastors, and from many of the leaders this past year. And specifically, that prayer was, God, we pray that our church would be hungry for God. We pray that we would put away the desires of the world and truly hunger after God. For God to go to a place where we have an intimate relationship with God, where we keep saying, Mo, please. The title of today's message is Hungry for More, and we're going to be discussing the topic of fasting. Everybody say fasting. Fasting. Raise your hand if you've ever done a fast before, whether it was for your health or spiritual reasons. Okay, a lot of people. A lot of people. Now, for those of you who don't know, what is fasting? One definition of fasting is this, the practice of abstaining from certain things primarily food and drink, for spiritual reasons. And to add that, especially for spiritual reasons, it includes reading the Bible and praying and engaging in spiritual things while you fast. You know, fasting has become a very trendy thing because we, we find out that there's actually a lot of health benefits and physical benefits of fasting. Some people, maybe you do it on, on the regular. Maybe you do intermittent fasting, right? And there's this whole, whole trend of going that way. But the fasting that I want to talk about today, though, specifically, is about the spiritual discipline of fasting. We're going to be taking a look at Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to go from 1 to 6, and then 16 to 18. And then we're going to go through different passages uh, in the Bible as well. And the reason why I connected the two Uh, 1 through 6 and 16 through 18, is because uh, it talks about three different things. And those three things are actually connected. And I believe that out of those three things, fasting is what brings true supernatural power and strength when we get close to God. So let's look at Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read from the ESV version for today. And it says this. It says, 
Uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And this is Jesus talking, by the way. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 5. And when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they receive their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Amen. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for just who you are. And I thank you for everyone who gathered here, despite the frigid and cold weather, to come and seek you today. Lord, I pray that as we seek you, you would reveal yourself to us through your word. Lord, I pray that as we study the spiritual discipline of fasting, that it would be um, just another thing that we can have to get closer to you. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So we read chapter 6 of Matthew. And Matthew chapter 6 is, again, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. And there's three things in chapter 6 that we can see where Jesus says a particular thing. He says, when you. So Jesus doesn't say, if you do this, but he actually says, when you. So these are the three things, if you could put it up on the screen. First one is this, when you give. Everybody say give. And specifically, Jesus is talking about giving to the needy. Number two, it's when you pray. Everybody say pray. And then the last one is when you fast. Let's say fast. When Jesus spoke here, he did not say just if you give, if you pray, or if you fast. Again, he said, when you do things. And remember now that Jesus led all of these things by example. And actually, prior to this, Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. And he said that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to make it very clear before we continue on on why we should fast, how we should fast, and the power of fasting. Fasting will not get us to heaven. But when we receive the gift of grace in Christ, he teaches us that fasting is a foundational part in our spiritual walk. I have one point for today, and I hope it it gets into your spirit. And if you can't tell, I'm very passionate about fasting because it is the one thing that has really taken me through the hardest times of my life. And the point today is this, starve your flesh so that your spirit may be full. Starve your flesh so that your spirit may be full. There's this story called the story of the two woodcutters. And maybe you've heard it before. It's a very famous wisdom story. And there was two lumberjacks, two of them. One was a younger guy, and then another one was an OG, an older guy. 
And they decided to have a contest against each other. And I think it was the younger guy who, who, um, who challenged him. And pretty much the contest was who could cut down the most trees in one day. And the young guy was confident. He was jacked. He was ripped. He has all the energy in the world. And as he looked at the older gentleman, as he accepted the challenge, he's like, man, I got this. So they begin their challenge. Young guy goes, ka, 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 just knocking down trees. And they're far from each other. They could see each other from the distance, but they can't see exactly how many trees are being knocked down. And as they go, they go, they go. It's all throughout the day. From the youngest man's perspective, every now and then he would look over at the young or at the old guy. And the old guy, he noticed that the old guy was taking breaks. He was taking a lot of breaks. Actually, he was taking a 15-minute break every hour. Young guy looks at over there in confidence. He's like, man, I got this. So he just keeps going, ka, 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 right? And then by the end of the day, something surprising happens. They both walk over to their piles, and the young man looks at the old man's pile and says, oh, my goodness. And what does he find? He finds out that the OG had a third more trees knocked down. And he was humbled so fast. And the younger man looked at the old lumberjack and said, how did you do that? You were taking breaks all the time. I didn't take any. And what did the old man say? He looked at him. He said, you thought I was taking breaks? I was actually sharpening my axe for 15 minutes every single hour. Guys, I believe that this is what fasting does in our lives. It sharpens us. Actually, research even shows that when you fast, when you get to a certain period, it's, it's wild. Like when you get to day three or even day two, your mind starts to get more sharp and mentally receptive to the things around you. I remember I was fasting this one time and I was in the woods and like I could hear like everything, like the animals, little twigs snapping. It was the craziest thing. How much more sharp do we get spiritually when it is to hunger for more of God? When we starve our literal flesh so that our spirit may be full. See, some of us, maybe you've been like that young guy, been doing and doing and doing, trying to do this, trying to do that, battling maybe unforgiveness or addictions in your life, and you're not getting anywhere. I want to say possibly, could it be that fasting may be the thing that helps you break through those things? Maybe your spiritual acts has gotten dull, and it's time to sharpen it again. Jesus mentioned three righteous practices, giving, praying, and fasting. Those were the three that he highlighted on the Sermon on the Mount. This is something we need to take seriously. If you think about it, giving can glorify God and, and satisfy man in a, in a different way. It feels really gift, or it feels really good to give, right? Praying can glorify and, and satisfy God and, and you in a very different way than giving does. But fasting also gives glory to God in a crazy different way. Maybe fasting is the one thing that you've been missing in your spiritual walk. Some of you, maybe you want to go deeper in God. I want to say and encourage you, fast this year. Starve your flesh 
so that your spirit may be full. Isaiah 58, 9, it says, Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. And this is when it's referring to fasting. He said, You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. One thing I know is that fasting with the right humble heart can release the power of God. Because when there is proximity and intimacy with God, it's a supernatural byproduct of just being close to him. So I talked about the three things that were mentioned. Now there's three, or there's four reasons why you might want to fast, all right? If we could put up this next slide. But four things that maybe some, and, and this is not exclusive. There could be more reasons, but these are the reasons that uh, just came to my heart. The reasons why people can fast, number one, is to discern God's will. Before every major life decision, I always fasted before. And I want to encourage you to do the same because it brings clarity to what you need to do. Number two, to prepare us for what's ahead. In the same way Jesus prepared for his ministry, he fasted. Maybe for you, you're starting a new business or going to a new school. I would say you need preparation to step into that new journey. Number three, it's to renew your faith. Maybe you've been feeling dull, and this is the time to sharpen. Every time, though, the final purpose and the most important part of fasting, though, is to give glory to the King of Kings. Amen? At the end of the day, the first things are great because it does it for you. But man, number four, we give glory to God because he is worthy. Starve the flesh so that your spirit may be full. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So when you choose to fast, it's about seeking God. But it's cool because the response of seeking God brings the three things that I mentioned. Again, verse 18 in Matthew 6, it says that your fasting may not be done, may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. In reality, who do we fast or who do we eat for? We eat for nobody else besides ourselves. But when it comes to fasting, is it to satisfy who? It's to satisfy us and God. This is why Jesus said to not do it in secret. It's only for you and God at the end of the day. And Jesus says that for for those who actually do it in public or pray in public, they get their reward. Pretty much what's saying is that they get their reward by just being recognized by people. That's it. But when we do it in secret... Something happens, and our Heavenly Father rewards us. Eating is a very interesting thing. Think about the first action that brought sin into the world. What was done? It was done by eating. Adam and Eve, imagine if they fasted from that one tree. Oh, my gosh, come on. Sin entered the world because they were craving something and being envious of something with the thought of satisfying only themselves. But think about everything else in the garden they could have ate to satisfy them and God. If you think about the end of the Bible, we start at the beginning of the Bible with eating. At the end of the Bible, Revelation, what do we also see? We see that sin entered the world through eating, Adam and Eve in Genesis, and then we see sin exit the world in Revelation. And what do we see? What do the people of God do? We have a feast. We eat. God loves eating. Food is a blessing, amen? When we fast, we feast on the spiritual things of God. Starve the flesh so your spirit may be full. 
The desire of my stomach and my flesh should not be as important as the desire of my spirit. I remember in college, for those of you in college, I'm sure you do this, you're, you're cramming. How many times do we skip a meal just to study? We skip a meal because it's priority for us to succeed, right? To pass that. Fasting is a thing of priority. Now, yes, our health is very, very important. And we need to eat. We need to take care of our body. But too many times we overfeed the body and we starve the spirit. Second Corinthians, it says, so we do not lose heart Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. In reality, if our bodies decay and our spirit does not, which one should we take priority of? The one that does not decay. Both are important, but what do we often neglect? Starve the flesh so that our spirit may be full. Any angry people in the room? or Actually, no, not angry. Hangry people ain't... Anybody get hangry in the building? Oh, we got a brothers over here. Amen. Yes. Confession will set you free. All right. I know some people. No name. I'm not going to mention any names. But there's this one individual. The moment they get a little hungry, we got to stop everything. We got to stop everything and feed them. I heard this recently and it hit me so hard. The preacher said, the flesh is like the vehicle but it should not be the driver. The flesh is the vehicle, but it should not be the driver. And my response to that is, how can you expect to overcome your addictions if you can't even overcome hunger? How can you overcome your anger when you can't even overcome skipping two meals? Fasting allows us to get back into the driver's seat. Fasting allows us to gain back our self-control. And again, it is fasting with prayer and reading the word and, and, and indulging in spiritual things. Galatians 5.16, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. In that scripture, it reminds us that there is a battle between our flesh and our spirit. And I want to ask you, who's driving the vehicle of your life? Is it the flesh or is it the spirit of God? And when it comes to the fruits of the spirit, you know what's crazy? We always love to say, oh, what's the fruit of the spirit? It's always love, joy, peace, patience. But you know what the most overlooked and underrated fruit of the spirit is? It is self-control. That is a powerful thing that can bring glory To God, if you can overcome hunger, I promise you, you're going to be able to overcome things in your life that you never imagined. When God is in the middle of that. So now that we kind of covered the the why, let me just give you some practical tips. Here's some practical tips for fasting. First, understand that the Bible, again, is talking about food. But I do believe when Jesus talked about uh, cutting off your hand or taking your eye out, Um, If it's causing you to sin, I do believe fasting from other things can also be like that, all right? But but let's talk about food first. There's many options. You could do a 24-hour fast. You could skip a meal. You could do a three-day fast, a five-day fast. I know some people who did a 40-day fast. Now, if you do do that, make sure you do your research to make sure that you do the right things. 
And, and if you're doing a 40 day fast and, and it's strictly juice, don't like do these other things that are like, like just protein shakes. Cause that'll like make you constipated during that time. So there's a lot of things, right? You can do a lot of things. Even in the Bible has different types of fast. There was a Daniel fast. Daniel fasted away from the luxurious foods and just stayed within fruits and vegetables. But here's the thing. Fasting is not true fasting if it does not take sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. If you are a vegetarian, fasting from meat is not fasting. All right? If you don't eat breakfast in general and you intermittent fast all the time, that don't count. It's not true fasting in the spiritual sense unless there is sacrifice taken. It's only fasting when you give up something. Because comfort, actually, if you think about comfort, that is one of the most powerful ways the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is so sneaky. Fasting should not be comfortable. The result of fasting should always be humility and needing to lean on God. If humility does not incur, then that is not fasting. Second Corinthians says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It is when we see that we are weak and we starve the flesh, then we become strong, like what the scripture says. So starve the flesh so that your spirit may be full. So again, you could start from certain things. It can be a different type of fast. Maybe just no meat. Maybe just no sugar. It can be whatever you want. Now, here's the thing. Fasting from food, that's the primary way. But like what I said earlier, there can be secondary types of fasting. And as I give you this list, okay, no elbow bumping and suggestive gestures in the room, okay? This is just for you. These are other types of fasting you can do. You can fast from social media, from YouTube, from TikTok, from your phone, from certain music. You could even fast from shopping. You could fast from alcohol. You can fast from neg- a negative attitude. Actually, I had this, this fast where it was simply my thoughts. The moment I had a depressive thought or a complaining thought, what I do, I would just stop and say, I'm fasting from that. The Bible says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You can fast from complaining. You can fast from anger. You can fast from all of these different things. You know, oftentimes, maybe for you, maybe you're like, I don't know what to fast for. All right, let me help you out. Very practical way. This is how I get the signal that tells me I need to fast from it. It's when a want becomes a need. Or an interest becomes an obsession. Immediately when I spend too much time on something or researching something, and I start to say, I need this, I stop and I fast from it. For example, I love biking. And I did so much research on biking, and then I realized I started to believe I need this bike. And I had to cut off looking at bikes. Guys, we feed our emotions with funny videos, but oftentimes we're starving our spirit. Fasting puts God above our pleasures. So it can be food, primary, or it can be other things, secondary. We must be careful not to be full of the things of this world and barely living the life that God has called us to live. And here's the thing. Another practical thing is don't just fast from one thing and replace it with another pleasure. You should replace that thing that you're fasting with the things of God. So if you fast from social media... You should fill your mind and consume content that honors and points to God specifically. 
So it's not just taking away something, but it is filling us up and making more room for the things of God. Again, Jesus says this. He says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. And then in verse 18, he says that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father will reward you. Starve the flesh so that your spirit may be full. AV team, if you get the video ready. In closing, I want to show you uh, just a video. And I was just going to show this to the parents of the youth group. I decided to show our entire church. And uh, I don't, actually, I don't think the youth group saw this either. But it was made by Yoon Sun. Uh, she helped organize and plan the retreat. And our youth retreat uh, a couple weeks ago was an incredible time of growing close to God. And here's the thing. When we were preparing and our leaders were gathering together, we had a very risky prayer that was kind of scary. We prayed that 100% of our 51 students that went would encounter God in a real and genuine way. And I'll be honest, that's a hard prayer to pray for. That's a very risky prayer because that is a prayer that only God can do. So let's watch this video. Um, and praise man, I'm actually going to invite you to come up at this time. And then I'll close this out. Those are real words out of the mouth of our youth group. And I'm telling you right now, there's way more than that. Way more. That was just a fraction of what happened at this year's retreat. On the final uh, evening session, um, because I, I believe a part of discipleship is to see another person lead by example. And on the last night, I asked all the leaders, I said, don't raise your hand if you're not for real. I said, I only want you to raise your hand if you are for real. I said, if you believe, despite the hardships of life, despite the times where we are discouraged, that God is worthy, that Jesus is worthy of us to continue to serve him for the rest of our lives, I said, raise your hand. And they all raised their hands. The students were able to see it and be discipled in that moment. So I told everybody to close their eyes. I told the students, don't, don't look around. This is between you and God. And I asked the same question. And I said, do you want to be a follower of Christ and raise your hand? It doesn't matter who sees it because we're all closing your eyes. It's between you and God. And we cut out the music. It was just silent because we didn't want any manipulation of sound or, or music or emotions. And you know what happened? They all raised their hand. I said, put your hands down. Then for some reason, God in that moment reminded me of the scripture where Jesus says, if you acknowledge me before men... I will also acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. And I said, be bold. And again, this is only between you and God. But there's something that happens when we do it publicly. And I said, if you want to be a follower of Christ, I want you to stand up. And you know what happened? Everyone stood up. I want to remind you, we prayed for 100% of a genuine encounter of God, of 100% of our students. And I'll be honest, I've been to 50, maybe 50 more retreats 
And I've only seen God work like that two times. And the way they stood up was a standing up of no shame. It was actually aggressive in a way that they stood up. And I began to process what happened at the retreat that was different. I believe that it was praying. But also, I I think that we were very intentional on fasting away from entertainment, from other friends, the things of this world. We even fasted away from our, our phones. And we replaced it with what? Prayer, scripture, sermons, and the fellowship of believers Same ingredients of Acts chapter 2 with the revival. I want to encourage you guys and say this. There was this research that was done not too long ago by Lifeway. And it talked about a research study on what Bible reading does. So simply just the intaking of God's word. And there's nine things that I'll fly through it. This is what happened. Feeling lonely dropped by 30%. Anger dropped by 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped by 40%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Sex outside of marriage dropped 68%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped by 60%. Viewing pornography dropped by 61%. Sharing your faith jumped 200%. Discipling others jumped 230%. all because of reading the word. That plus fasting, imagine what God can do. My hope and prayer is that we would be a church that is hungry for more. More of God, more of his word, and more prayer, and more through fasting. Uh, We're going to sing that that song that we introduced, that pure song. Uh, We're just going to sing the the bridge and the chorus, and then I'm going to lead you into a, a time of prayer. But let's pray now at this time. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one that sets the example for what it means to be healthy spiritually, Lord. And like for any of us, Lord, that have been feeling dry or dull or stagnant or angry or maybe bitter or just just needs a renewal in their faith, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them now in ways that no man can speak. Lord, I pray that as we sing this song, that it would be a reflection that we are hungry for more, and God, we ask for you to respond. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's, let's just sing. Amen. As we go from here, I want to remind you whether you've been walking with Christ your whole life or you just started walking with Christ starting at the youth retreat. I want to encourage you to love when it doesn't make sense, to give more grace when it's not earned, and for the, patient, for the parents in the room to be patient to see your children blossom. Last week, one of our youth leaders who's stepping into seas now, Diane, um, she, she said su- such simple words that she learned in her life. She said, privately healthy, but publicly fruitful. Let's be a church that takes our private spiritual lives seriously so that we can be fruitful for the glory of God and into the rest of the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.